0: Dinner Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. Okay. So the Penguins, very successful, I would say, West Coast trip. Um, especially the last two games. Just surprising as tech because they have not played their best games and they're still winning. How are they doing this? Angie Carducci from inside hockey magazine.
1: Well, you know, last night's game was really, to me, just, just one of the most impressive things I've seen from them. Um, That was a team. What I liked most about it was they, they come out, they have a horrible first period. Um, They, they looked exhausted. They looked like a team that had been on the road for, I think it was 11 days and they, they just looked like a team that was ready to pack it in and come home and, you know, and think about all this happened during this road trip. There's been all of these COVID absences, there's players in and out of the lineup every night. They, they have every excuse in the world, honestly, and and they, they would be pretty legitimate excuses. So they come out, they lay an egg in the first period, they're down three to nothing to a very good Vegas team that it's gonna be a challenge to come back against. And what I like about this team, and so they're asked after the game, what happened in that locker room after the first period? And, you know, Mike Sullivan pretty much said, we didn't say a lot as far as the coaching staff, we have great veteran leadership in that group. And they kind of took over. And, and so these players took accountability for themselves. And Jeff Carter had that great quote. If you, you know, so funny. Yeah, just, just, you know, what was the turning point of the game? The first intermission when we got our crap together. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I thought that was amazing. And just very frank and very true. But he to me is the kind of leader I would expect that from like to help them, you know, just realize that this is unacceptable. Um, it's unacceptable to us, not just You know, it's not unacceptable to our coaches. It's unacceptable to us and and to the culture we've built in this room. And they took it upon themselves to come out and look like an entirely different team that last two periods. They just really shut down Vegas and they had so few really quality attempts for the rest of that game. And the Penguins just steadily start mounting this comeback and by you know, a couple goals into the comeback, you start feeling that inevitability of they're, they're going to come back and they're going to win this game. I feel that with the Penguins so often this year that when they start mounting these comebacks, you just feel like they've got this. And I feel like it's because they believe that they've got this and they have a team that can, can do that both from a talent standpoint, but just also from a sheer will standpoint, that kind of thing gets me you know, when I see something like that, I, I get pretty excited about this team.
0: That's a thing. I think this team has a the potential to be special. I don't know. It really seems good. It, yeah, it, it's, which is crazy because at the beginning of the year, we thought, oh, here we go again. They're going to fail They're They're, they'll be lucky to make the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then they're just, and yeah. they had so many problems that didn't look good, but then I don't know, for like the past couple months, they've just been on fire almost. Huge winning winning streaks.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the 10-game winning streak, and then they've most of all have just been pretty consistent. Um, Aside from the streaks, like overall, when you – look at how they've been able to hang in this year and they are three points out of first place in the metro right now uh, that's a division that you just have to consistently win if you don't you're you're going to fall behind pretty quickly because it's such a strong division and to be in that place right now that's a team that just hasn't left a ton of points on the table this year they've had their moments where you know they've had the games where you look back and you think boy they may look back when it comes close to playoff time and regret this one, but they're on pace right now for about 110 points on the year, which is an incredible amount of points compared to what I thought they might do this year. Um, and, and I just think about the way they came out of the summer and what we sort of all thought of them. And you look at Ron Hexto and Brian Burke. And I, I think, I think there was a very universal sense of disappointment with them after the summer, just like what they chose to do and what they chose not to do and when I look at it now I feel like these guys made the right calls largely made the right calls you know things like okay we're gonna let Jared McCann walk we're gonna bring in you know Danton Heinen who who's just you know hasn't produced a ton but has been you know a pretty good complimentary player Um, you really make the choice of letting McCann walk because you decide we're gonna make sure to re-sign jeff carter because we need this depth down center and with evgeny malkin out as long as he was they really did need that and carter has been so above and beyond what i think anybody's expectations were but maybe ron hextall really saw that in him and knew um, re-signing evan rodriguez I, I don't even think we need to say anything about what a success that's been um, but just an incredible success that looked like such a small thing at the time. But obviously, they saw something in him that they liked and, and wanted to um, give him more opportunity here. And, and just even at the time, I, I think a lot of people were really up in arms about okay, he's letting Brandon Tanev go um, to the expansion draft and signing Brock McGinn. And, and people were kind of like, oh, Brock McGinn's going to be a little bit of a disappointment compared to Tano and there are ways that perhaps he's been subtly a little bit better um maybe not as flashy but um he he's really been a big part of a lot of things for them such as their penalty kill so I, I just think a lot of these moves that have been really subtle um at the time have worked out so well for the Penguins you know I I think Mike Sullivan's the biggest part of it but um getting what he has out of the lineup, but overall, all the pieces really seem like they're working out. And I, I think the plan from management, I, I they obviously that, that's why they're in those roles and we're not right.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> when, especially well, the biggest one was deciding not to do anything about the goaltending Uh-oh, position yeah, that's
1: by far the biggest one. Yeah. yeah I mean, and everybody and... would have traded Tristan Jari. After I mean,
0: play. I, I was ready to bring up like treason ch- charges against uh, I, th- I, you know, that I was ready to say that Ron Hextall was like a, uh, still a a, um, a flyers uh, secret agent or something like that, a double agent that, that he's actually working secretly for them to, to undermine the penguins. If it's like, how, de- how dare you keep Jari, you know, he's, he's horrible and, and he's turned out well, so, uh, but, but you're right. Er- almost every decision they've made has been a, a hit. And, you know, just so, you know, either showing patience or, or getting the right people, just making a few moves and it's been amazing. And then, you know, it's, it's a huge departure from the previous GM who would <laughs> just make moves on top of moves on top of moves. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's working out well, but now everybody almost is, they're almost hundred percent healthy. And I believe last night was the first game where all four centers are, are were where were were they were supposed to be, you know, Sid on the first yeah. line, Malcolm on the second line, Jeff Carter on the third line and Blueger on the fourth line. So, um, you know, when your fourth line is Blueger, McGinn and, you know, either Boyle or Zach Aston Reese or something like that, that's a really right. good fourth line. So. absolutely,
1: um, There's going to be good players that are going to be out of that lineup within a yeah. game or two, when you start getting a couple more of these guys off the COVID list. So. Yeah. Um, they have uh, Heinen and Aston Reese still on there. And as soon as they come off, there's going to be guys like Brian Boyle or Dominic Simone who may end up on the outside looking in there. So um, that's that's a really amazing place to be when you're going to sit players that have really been that solid for them um, and you have that kind of depth. I I just think the depth overall for me this year is more impressive than it's been in a really long time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, they've needed every bit of it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they sure have, Um, you know, the big, the big return a couple games ago of getting Malkin. There, there's a lot of debate as to I'm not saying whether it's a good thing or bad thing, but how, how his return has basically affected things because basically it shook up like the, the second, third and fourth lines, do you think that's just, that just requires an adjustment period for everybody to learn sort of a, a different role?
1: I do. And I think, um, you know, I, it, it always drives me crazy because I, I, I saw people, of course, you know, before he comes back, the, the narrative is, Oh, is he going to destroy the, the very strong structure? The penguins have established <laughs> this season that has enabled them to win. And then he comes back and You know, I've seen people say things like, "Not to blame Malkin, but he they play completely differently these few games." (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, kind of sounds like you're blaming them, though. So I, I I don't believe for one second that one player changes a team structure. Um, I think this team, you know, if if the team's structure has changed in the last few games, I, I would really believe that's more product of you know of the lines shifting around of things just being you know different you you have you have players coming in and out of the lineup again you have the lines being pretty radically adjusted this time with the addition of Malkin on that second line it just shifts everybody around to different lines different positions in some cases um they're trying different things out and seeing what works you know Jeff Carter's on Malkin's wing at first now Jason Zucker comes back Jeff Carter's on the third line center role again um so I I just think it's a lot of adjustment and I also think you see these last few games where the team has maybe looked a little off in spurts and I I think they've been a pretty tired hockey team I think they've They've played a lot of games. There's been a lot of travel. There's been a lot of in and out of the lineup with COVID with injuries. There's just, there's a lot of reasons and teams are going to go through walls like that. You know, they, they just came off the 10 game win streak when they lost in Dallas early in this road trip. Um, So I I don't know if people expect that they're just going to go on these infinite win streaks, but I mean, teams are going to have ups and flows like that. So I think sort of, um, thinking that the timing is, is, you know, lined up with Evgeny Malkin returning. Isn't really fair. Yeah. Yeah. Real nice problem. Never makes your team worse. It never makes your team worse to have Evgeny Malkin on your team. That's that's my uh, point.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's silly. Uh, Jason Zucker had two goals uh, last night and he has had an up and down year. Mostly mostly down. Mostly down.
1: Um
0: is I mean it feels like his whole tenure as a penguin has been up and down. I, I I don't know. Is that someone they should stick with or does he just have too much potential, you know, he, he you know on paper it seems like a great fit, but it just you know, a lot of times it doesn't seem to be working. Is this hopefully hopefully the start of something good for him?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they have to give him a shot. He's, you know, they, they gave up a fair amount for him and he's a player who could really, when you look at, you know, the the trade deadline coming up in March and, and you just look at the players that you could potentially add to your team. I think you look within your own team and you think like, what if you could add a Jason Zucker at the kind of performance that he could bring to the team he's already here you know what if you could add Kasperi Kapanen what he could bring to the team he's already here Um, so what if those players just you know both of them start last night on Evgeny Malkin's line what if that chemistry works out and that line works well and they can produce then you know, what adds to your team, like from right within your lineup and not having to sacrifice anything. So I I think you have to give it a shot. And I was encouraged that he came out, looked inspired and, you know, got a couple of early goals in his return to the lineup. So um, he's obviously, he's a player who I I feel bad when he's not able to score. And and a lot of it is that he does all of the right things. And then just the finishing isn't there. And, And it's such a frustrating thing to watch because, everything else goes right and and then the finish is off um if he can bury some of those pucks he could just be such value to them and uh, you know he he's shown he's shown that he'll work hard he played through a fair amount of pain before he eventually took this time to um get himself well so i i just i'm kind of rooting for the guy and i i hope he can find success with this team because finding that success from within your lineup infinitely better than having to go out and overpay for it. Not that I think Hextall and are inclined to overpay in any respect anyway, but um, anything you have to give up for a player outside of your lineup is more than, than filling from within.
0: So or, pay, or pay for that matter, let alone overpay. I mean,
1: yeah, you know, absolutely.
0: If, if anything, they've been, you know, conservative in in how they've uh, made moves and made trades and stuff and it's worked out fine and you know that seems to be the the DNA of Hextall is you know not not make a lot of crazy trades and trade the future like you know we've done every single year. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Although, although I wouldn't be opposed to him, you know, um, I, I thought Adam Gretz had a really good story recently, um, about how, you know, he doesn't think that those guys should be shy about, um, trading something like a first round draft pick this year based on what the team has looked like, that they've sort of earned it. And if you can make one more run with this core, um, and think you've really got a team that could go for it this year. Um, it, don't be shy about trading that piece because you're never going to get another shot this close. And and I don't necessarily disagree with that either. So I think it all depends on what you really think you have and how close you really think you could be to um, contending this year. But at this point, I think what I've seen from them this year, I think they've earned a shot at potentially adding to the roster if it if it doesn't cost something like a first round pick, that would be better. Um, but yeah, with a player like a Jason Zucker, I think for me, that's a player that you'd maybe try to have on your lineup for the playoff run and hopefully he can contribute. And if it doesn't work out with him, maybe that's a player you're looking to move in the off season when you're going to really need to free up some money because you have some signing decisions to make
0: but what do you think they would need? I think they're pretty complete the way they are if they're healthy.
1: Yeah. And I think to me, like, that's the big thing. You know, someone said to me today, oh, they need to go and find a, you know, right-handed defenseman who's, who's tough. And I, you know, I said, well, who, who are you benching out of the current 60? Because you know, you look at those pairs and I'm I'm really not sure there's one who sticks out like a sore thumb to me that, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to sit through or Tang. I don't think you're going to sit Marino or Pedersen and you know Mike Mathson has had his moments where I think he hasn't looked very good um, but also I think he's had a couple games where you see the potential of what they brought him in to be and uh, and I knew um, the person who was talking to me the answer was you know maybe really dull and mm. I, I, I feel like that's going to be always the default answer and of course he's the right defenseman on that pair um but i think chad ruido in his first year as finally getting to be an nhl regular has really shown that he he deserves it uh, i wouldn't sit him I, I think he has been remarkably steady and perhaps their steadiest defenseman this year um, as a course of a whole year and I rarely notice him in a negative way, which to me, it, for his type of defenseman, that's what I care about. Um, you know, I, I'm not noticing him out there making mistakes. He's just been solid. So um, if they can add somebody like, like an extra defenseman, if they could add an additional depth forward, you know, that kind of thing, I don't think that's a terrible thing just based on, I don't think, I don't think this COVID, absence problem is going away for the rest of the season. I think you're going to continue to have the on and off absences. I think we see with like Zach aston Reese just had a case not terribly long ago and was symptomatic, like pretty seriously symptomatic, um, talking about, you know, how he even went to see a cardiologist during that time. Wow. Yeah. And, um, just to make extra sure everything was okay. And, um, he's on he's on the list again right now so I don't think we can assume that just because most of the players have been on the list at some point means they're not going to be on the list again um because we don't necessarily know how all of this works and we don't know what new variants are going to be like um so I think any additional depth you can get um probably serves you well so I, I don't disagree with that um And I guess for me, the biggest decision they have to make is do they need a backup goaltender? Um, Because Casey DeSmith, in my opinion, is not it. Um, And I I don't want to go into the playoffs wondering if Casey DeSmith is going to look like his past self that he's been at times, or if he's going to look like the player he's been for most of the past couple of seasons, because – I would tend toward more of a recency bias of thinking he, the player he is right now, is the player he is, and I, I don't want that to be my backup goaltender going into the playoffs. I,
0: I agree. Is but is Louis Dominguez the answer?
1: Yeah, I mean he very well might be, and the, that's the question I think they need to ask, and and. They obviously brought him in because they think he can be, he's been successful in the NHL. He has, you know, the other night he got his 59th NHL wins. So he's not new to the league by any respect. He's been in the league a lot of years. Um, he's been mostly a journeyman. He's been on six different teams, um, moved around a lot. So he, he is a player that can win some games. He's, he had a pretty successful run in Tampa. So um, I think they kind of know what they have in him, but, and, and the other night with that 40 save performance, um, he was, he was just spectacular in his Penguins debut. And, and to my mind has shown that he is worthy of more starts. So the Penguins have a lot of games coming up. Um, just, starting to make up all of these games that were canceled and, and during what would have been the Olympic break, they're going to be playing a lot of hockey. And I would love to see Tristan Jari get some rest here and there because I'm, I've am i been worried for a while about Tristan Jari starting to look a little burned out. Yeah. Um, it, it's just not a good thing to go into the playoffs with your starting goaltender having logged a ton of games. It's never a good thing. Um, he needs some rest and I think they have kind of proven that they don't trust Casey Desmith Smith to give him that rest um but based on the one performance we've seen from Louis Domingue I think he has earned the opportunity for more starts so you get to give Tristan Jarry some rest and you get to see what you have and if he's still looking like a guy who can pull some weight as your backup goaltender he's not an unproven quantity I I think maybe you can go with him but if uh if you feel like somebody else is out there who could help you more and who you feel more confident in, like what if Tristan Jari gets hurt? You know, like there's, there's always something like that. Like your, your backup goaltender can become your goaltender in a blank, you know, and that's what you have to think about too. Like, um, are you prepared for your backup goalie, are you prepared that something happens to Tristan Jari and you go into the playoffs and maybe you think this is your last best chance at a run and your starting goaltenders turn out to be Louis Duming and Casey DeSmith? Like, is is that where you want to be? So maybe they should still think about it, um, depending on what the cost is. And and I think there are a couple who might be out there at the deadline available who who you would never have. Like, I, I was hearing names like, like Braden Holpe, who... I would never in a billion years have thought of as being like a veteran backup goaltender available, you know, um, rental time. But, um, but I think he is somebody who will probably be available at that time. Um, And and just players like there was Yaroslav, Yaroslav Halak is a guy who will probably be available at that time. I I think players like that. um, And I don't know how financially restrictive they will or won't be, but um, you know, there, there are, players out there who could be really enticing (laughs) names that um you know would maybe make you feel better going into the playoffs
0: let's get all the old goalies that tormented the the uh the i know right oh i still have i still have horrible memories of halak oh,
1: oh as, as soon as i heard his name recently as like possible available i'm like I, on general principle no like i, I can't right right I it's don't. like no no
0: i'm sorry you, i, I still hate you no
1: it's, it's too upset you know that was the year i have a special disdain for what happened that year because that was the year the civic arena closed down mm-hmm. and I I will never forget the incredible sadness because, the, you know, everybody. The felt final
0: like game. I was there.
1: Yeah. Right. And and just the feeling of like they were supposed to win.
0: <laughs> well, I, I remember that game very clearly because I didn't even get to my seat yet. And it was like like two minutes in it was they were already down two nothing it's like oh Oh, yeah and and halak was just that whole series halak was just a stone wall like oh so frustrating it was
1: one of those series for him where he you know comes out and looks like this all-time world beater um you know and not to say he's not a perfectly you know solid goaltender but it looked like something a little little elevated from the goalie he actually usually is (laughs) um I I remember after that last game, just hanging out in uh, the the press area after I wrote my story that night for a really long time and and just just hanging out like okay i'm done and i'm just sitting here for no apparent reason because i just don't want to
0: leave it, it, was, it was it was so sad, sad the last feeling. game of the igloo
1: oh so he basically i i hold him responsible with like, <laughs> shut down the igloo on a really bad <laughs> note you know <laughs> i don't I, I don't like him i, I like Hopi a lot though
0: <laughs> you know it, it would be funny if if the penguins got holpy because the fans would have to go from um like like mocking him like hold be to like hold me hold me or something I they, know, they'd, right? they'd have to change it's their just, tone yeah
1: it's just a minor change of tone they can handle it you know so, it happens happens all the time you know you you have to have to wrap your head around something differently like, did you ever think you'd be cheering for jeff carter oh
0: i know yeah yeah former flyer scum
1: every time i look at how (laughs) the penguins fan base has embraced jeff carter i think about this and i think this would have felt like something out of some you know some surreal parallel universe and here he is already i feel like he's like one of those penguins legends kind of like a he hasn't you know, one with them yet. Um, you know, perhaps he will, but um, kind of feels like that Billy Garen type starts to take on that legend status.
0: It, it happened in the 90s too when they got Rick Talkins. Like, you are you were the enemy and now you're with us and just yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's, oh, it's weird
1: and, and rick talking comes in and i think you know i remember that moment where uh where he got the broken jaw it was that uh, yeah wasn't he in chicago if i remember correctly and he wore the and helmet he, yeah he puts on that helmet and, and <laughs> instant legend status and yeah. you know yep and, and you can't hate that guy anymore
0: <laughs> like, wow. He was very smart. There. As soon as he shows up, he's like, well, wow, I've declared that Pittsburgh is the best city in Pennsylvania. It's like, yeah, okay, we love you.
1: <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yep. That's a, that's the move.
0: That's
1: um, the move. Absolutely.
0: But the nice thing is the, the trade deadline this year is like basically a, a push back a month it's like it's like you know end of march or something like that so mm-hmm. th- they have time to figure out if the ming is the guy or you know whatever whatever is going to happen with that so yeah, uh, they
1: have plenty of time and they have lots of games to potentially give them some starts so i think uh you know i think it would really behoove them to put him in and give them some give them some work and see what you got because it um you know to me that is the biggest need and that's where it can all go south in a hurry because you know I thought things were going along perfectly well in that islander series other than the fact that your goalie wasn't uh wasn't pulling his weight unfortunately yeah I hate to say that because Tristan Jari's been been so great this year but uh but you know you have to you can't uh you can't deny that that was a really super disappointing playoff series so if a goalie goes south it's uh nothing else is going to work out
0: well it's it's funny because when a position coach comes in they either help a player hurt a player or nothing happens and I think it's clearly with with Andy Kyoto he's definitely helped Jari but I don't know if he's hurt the Smith or I don't know what happened but something happened because the Smith was used to be solid and now he's just not
1: yeah he has definitely backtracked in his game I'm not sure what's happened there but um You know, I, I definitely, um, feel like the goalies largely have been even, even to Smith who, you know, isn't faring very well, but have largely been very complimentary of the work that Andy Kyoto's done with them. And, um, Louis Domingue too, uh, I really liked an interview with him where he was talking about how, um, Kyoto helped to really, um, helps reset his mental approach to the game because he really, um he really has struggled um, um, with his sort of mental approach. And and he even talked about just just struggling with his mental health a bit um, with um, all of his sort of movement among these teams and and just just sort of having a hard time really embracing, having fun playing hockey and and in his position. And that Andy Kyoto has really helped him sort of reset and focus on the moment, focus on the game, focus on what he's doing within the, within the game, and that he has just gotten back to a better approach and loves the way that he's approaching and playing hockey now. So, um, it's been nice to hear him talk so complimentary about how he has, uh, approached things too. So, um, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, but I felt that was the biggest, uh, the biggest move the Penguins could have made the year that they they uh, made that switch as well. So um, Tristan Jari definitely needed a new approach as far as the goalie coach situation. So I think uh, so far so good.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. Thanks so much. It's been too long. I think it was like in December last time we talked or something like maybe even before that. So great talking to you.
1: Always great talking to you, Joe. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much.
1: Talk to you soon. Mm Bye-bye.
0: Bye.